Hi, welcome to Tanya Life. My name is Shmuley Springer. And I'm Mendy Gerlitsky, and we're going to be learning Tanya Bechavrosa. You guys are welcome to come in and eavesdrop. We're live. <sighs> Just take a deep breath, get into things, Shmuley. And all, all our listeners together. By the way, there's something so beautiful about a deep, a deep breath. It, every time I do it, you know how I always tell you that like... It hits the neshama. Of course. You know how I always tell you that like, what's the hashkacha protest in the story of the leaf falling? And it's because every time I see a leaf falling, I think of hashkacha protest, which is... Oh, you think of the Baal Shem I'm saying, I think of the Baal Shem discussing hashkacha protest. It's like every time I take a deep breath, I think of... Not all the time, but a lot of times. I push it, think of Hashem blowing oxygen into Adam. And it's like... If the world's being recreated every millisecond, then I am Adam and Hashem's blowing air into me. Wow. So it's like, yeah, when I, whenever, and anybody who knows me, they'll, they'll see if, if anything's too overwhelming, if I'm too much in my head, if it's not going right, they'll just see me close my eyes and take a deep breath. And it's funny because my brother, when we were still in LA, he used to tell me only late, meaning I used to do this in LA, I've been breathing correctly or learning how to breathe correctly for years already but um i mean knowing how to and implementing it are two different things it's machshav and das i mean uh, but um yeah no but like my brother only later once we were in new york together he's like bro when you used to do that in la it used to make me so mad and i was like why he's like because i didn't copy what you were doing and it's like we were trying to have a conversation and my ego would get in the way and like all of a sudden you're just taking a deep breath and I wanted to punch you in the face. And he's like, only now that I started breathing, I hopped what you were doing. You were pushing just resetting the brain and allowing yourself to feel more than think. And I was listening to Josh Gordon today and he was saying that the, the, the heart actually understands. And he's like, what do you mean? The brain understands. How's that? So he says, no, when you're linking, when you're linking the machshava to the, to the maisa, Meaning when it's when when your when your feeling is in tuned with what you're doing, your heart actually understands what's going on, and that's the whole avoid of 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 the work. It's taking your mind, which can be used for good or bad, and applying it to the good through evoking the avonir. And then when you take that knowledge and you distill it in the heart, the heart understands. Mm-hmm. So it's just a very interesting. Uh, Zach, so we're yeah. we're up to Perik. Hey, I I just want to make a point. Yeah, that if anybody didn't know this, when me and Mendel decided to do this, it was a half a joke. There was truth and joke to it. The point is, maybe on your end, I took this very seriously. You took it very seriously, and I was serious when I suggested it. But in my mind, I was just shooting the shot. Like I was, I was like, hey Mendel, we love learning. Let's start a podcast. And you're like, bro, we're doing this. Yeah. So when you said that, it, it, it solidified with me, but like going into it, I went into it with 50% seriousness, 50% just throwing something out there. And I just have to say that I think this is, what is this, number, episode 20? I believe, yeah. 
the amount that it's done for me is I don't have words to describe and I don't care if anybody listens to this. This is me and you learning tire together. And the DAS that I've developed through in my journey through me and you learning together is ridiculous. And other I'm people s- can benefit. Yeah, and I'm I'm so grateful. I am so blessed. And the fact that we're starting Peric Hey, which means that we're averaging four hours a Peric. So when we said we're gonna learn a be and we took that literally. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just, it's mind-blowing. Four Prakka plus, plus Dagdama. Yeah, it's Pasha blowing my mind, and I'm grateful and blessed that plus God... Plus the Sharba. Plus the Sharba, that God gave me the ability, the will, the confidence, the Kaychus, and we should continue the doing this. The the Seichel, Yeah, we should continue doing this, Mechayel O'Chayel. 100%. Thank you, Hashem, for these 20 episodes. And people don't realize those are the Shabla. We forgot to record it, but it was about two hours. That was two hours long. Yeah, and that was a fire share because my father was there. Your father was in the background. Yeah, that yeah. guy, that Chassid from Minnesota was there. Yeah, yeah. It was Mamish. It was a vart. It was a vart. It was a we didn't record it. We were still figuring out how exactly we want to make this podcast work, so we didn't yeah. realize to record it. So when so so Peric Dalid yeah, right Dalid ended off with us basically understanding that the Nefesh Ali kiss is made up of the ten spheres and it is ex- those ten spheres the three attributes of of uh, cognitive abilities and the seven emotive abilities get expressed via your clothing levushim which are your machshava diber ma'isa and through machshava diber ma'isa you can tap into Torah mitzvahs and by learning tapping to Hashem. By ta- by learning into by learning Torah mitzvahs, that is tapping into it, godliness, and then you become one with it, and that's beautiful. It's interesting also. The Altarebis used the words over there that machshav um, libermais are way way above and higher than the actual ten pchinas that a person has. That's just on point. Right. And we finished off about hugging Hashem and Hashem hugging us. Uh, through mitzvahs, I think... Right, because Hashem's will and knowledge is enclosed in the Torah, by us enclosing ourselves I in think, the Torah, yeah. therefore it's like a loving hug between us and Hashem. I believe it's something I forgot. So I believe it's better to say, yesterday when we were finishing off, the end of Perak Dalit, yeah. that um, when we do mitzvahs, we're hugging Hashem, when we're going to do Torah, Hashem's hugging us. That's why he finishes it off. That it's um, she, that the when Hashem hugs us with his right arm, that's in the Torah, Torah, the Shkaisa, the water. Oh wow! That's why it's going to dive right into hey. It's all about the uniqueness of Torah over mitzvahs. That's so beautiful. You want to know why? Because you know how yeah. I always quote the Gemara. I don't actually quote it. I discuss it. That what's better, Torah, mitzvahs, mitzvah, Torah, because Torah leads to mitzvahs. Yeah. So if you look at it from that perspective. The more Torah you learn, the more hugs you're getting from Hashem. The more hugs your Tati's hugging you, the more you're going to want to hug him back. Wow. So the more hugs you get from Hashem, the more t- mitzvahs you're going to want to do, which is, him hu- which is you hugging him back. And what does that mean practically? You're drawing down God's energy here, Baruch Atah Hashem. Draw down you, Hashem, here, like this, you can be here. So Hashem throws us a bone, He throws us a hug, and then we hug Him back, and then He stays here with us. Wow. So the... The mitzvah We should love Hashem. Yeah. It makes it much easier to love someone who's loving you. Of course. Hashem is loving you unconditionally. Just we are in a physical body with a nefesh Bahamas, so we, we have these blockages. We don't feel the hug. We don't feel the hug, but it, the, the, when we're learning Torah, when we learn Torah, we feel the hug. And when you feel the hug, then you can hug back. Wow. 
And it's interesting because, like, in tefillah, like, a lot of times I'll tell, I'll tell Hashem, like, I love you and I know my love is incomparable to the amount that you love me even if I can't feel it. And I know one day I will. Well, today you had a, uh, an amazing davening, no? Today was, yeah, we went somewhere. Down by Veda. I didn't plan on. It just happened. <laughs> it just took me over. It was very good. Well, you, were, you once said on the on the podcast that uh, if you don't get a good hour and a half davening in, the day is not a gishmaka day. I said that, but that's not. At the time, I was davening. There were times that I was davening for that long. But by the way, when I say davening for an hour and a half, I don't mean from from Haidu until Lenu for an hour and a half. I'm not that holy. What I mean is that I sat down for an hour and a half and I. Read Chassidus, read books on davening, then did... Tanya with Josh Gordy. Whatever it was, yeah, maybe... The, times to, uh, the whole shebang, meaning from start to finish, took an hour and a half. I'm not that special. Uh, <laughs> let's be real. I'm not that special. I, what I'm saying is that the whole ordeal from Chassidus, Harini Mekabel, to Aleinu, Rabbeinu Tams, hour mikveh. and a half. Depending on the days. Back then, I was doing mikveh every single day. But the vart is, it's not about the time. Because time and space doesn't exist, especially when you're tapping into that realm. It's about, it's about how much you're willing to let go of this world. So like for me, I dive in Shemanasri with my eyes closed, not because I feel like I'm special, not because I even know the word so well, but because it's one more stimuli that I can, that I can get rid of. So I shut my eyes and then I can mamish, I could go deeper and it's helpful. And sometimes I'll get so, sometimes like I'll get so lost that I'll have to open my eyes and look into the siddur to remember the words I need to say. Meaning, like I, I like sometimes I'll slow down the words and then I'll, I'll get so caught up in my, in, in my thought that I'll be like, oh, what are the next words I got to look inside? But it's really about connecting. It's about letting go of, of the blockages and then you can tap into source and source is unlimited. I just want to bring a raya lister that the Gemara, What's a raya lister? It's a term that the Gemara brings that like bring a raya to say fung fakert from your vart, not that davening is no, it's it is a holy thing to daven at the at Kavana but there's a vart of not just staying in the higher world but coming down into Maitsvapel, not just st- sticking with the ten the ten spheres in Paragimel, but moving on to Paragdalam. I'm so happy you said that, and I'll tell you which why. Which is, is a story. You you like when I say stories? Yeah, and I have a story after yours, which is what happened today. Okay, so <laughs> the Mitla Rebbe and the Alter Rebbe. I love your stories because you're a storyteller. It's a hush. <laughs> Thank you. So the Alter Rebbe and the Mitla Rebbe, after davening on Rosh Hashanah, the Alter Rebbe turns to his son, the Mitla Rebbe, and says, Mitvasas to Gedaven. Right. With what did you daven? Meaning, what Pchina, what Indian, what were you, what were you davening about? So the so Mitla Rebbe said, I was thinking about the Chokkeim of Fanachatishtachave, which is uh, words we say in davening that even the wall, every wall, everything will praise and bow to Hashem. Even every single wall, every single still thing that doesn't usually budge for Hashem will budge and bow. And the Mitzvah was going on to Madrega, from Madrega to Madrega, higher from a wall to Ruchnistika wall to higher wall. Even this uh, level called Kemak which is like by the Kesser from all. Holy uh, spiritual world over there, which is so holy and so exalted, even he will bow to Hashem. So then, Mitlar of asked the what did you daven with? He said, I daven with the stender. That's wow. the end of the story. That was Masber that 
the Rebbe's Masber that to make a Kaima Dumala'ak, the highest level next to Kesser, the Ruchnis, the Elamis, the Davin, the Bautashem, it's not just a great Kiddush, but the Davin, the Stender, which is a piece of wood, Elam has a Gashmi, with, to make the Gashmi is part of Hashem, that is uh, even wow, harder. Wow, that is so beautiful. Okay, so listen to this. I didn't want to discuss my Davin today, but you got, I, I guess it has to be discussed. Yeah. The Rebbe always actually and never took his eyes out. I know, and it's funny because when I close my eyes to Shema Esri, that thought does come out, and I, whatever, I remind myself that I'm not the Rebbe, and one day I'll get there. Yeah. But uh, I have the Rebbe in me. 100%, yeah. So today during Shema Esri, my eyes are shut. I'm saying the word, Pir Shemilis word for word very slowly. I'm getting very tapped in, and all of a sudden I just feel like I'm starting to like float above, and like I'm... I'm there's a big rutsig over yeah, there. Yeah, no, so like my it's it's not it wasn't very vivid, but like the 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 visual perception was like, okay, now I'm above my body, now I'm above seven seventy, now I'm in the clouds, and I, I keep on going higher and higher and higher and higher until I'm basically like, you know, chilling with source. Or in that realm. And this thought comes to me. You went to uh Asia to Yitzira to Bria. Kenzai, I don't know where I went, but that's what it felt like. And then this thought pops into my head and it's like, wait, the whole point of me being here is to draw him down. Why am I going up? So you were having a rat and a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, and at, as I had that thought, the ascent stopped. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, 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 no, we're, we're meant to be drawing Baruch HaTashem. That's drawing his name down here. And then I started coming back down well, to the point where I literally got sure. back to my body and I finished davening in my body. And it was, it was you were so... You are having a relative moment. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, wow. To experience. Yeah, so you were saying like, oh, what's the Indian of davening tripping up there? I was like, I had that. And I pushed it, brought it back down in real time. And it was, it blew my mind. The Rebbe with the, the Malach. Yeah. With the bagel. You already said the story, so yeah. I want to ask you to say it again. The bagel with butter. Dafka have after learning such high in Yanim, so Dafka have a bagel with butter on it. But and that's that's Taka Like the the learning Hasidic philosophy is all about understanding and getting to these all exalted levels, so you can realize what the mission is down here. And the mission is giving someone a hug, giving someone a smile. Like I just went to Khan's to go get a Chayenu because I'm giving the share by Levi. Shout out to the Blavik. Um, see, I said Levi and then shout out to our Blavik, so it worked. Um, and I, it's two fifty for the Chayenu. I need to spend five dollars, so I go and get a right, card. Yeah, yeah, so I go and get a coconut water, and like it's not something I generally drink, but it's healthy and electrolytes. I was gonna drink it, but Sonny to, told me I was buying it for somebody else. And as I walked out, I saw this homeless guy reach into the garbage, into the garbage to get like a half drunk, um, like iced coffee. And I just gave it to him. And I was like, here, are you thirsty? And he just like opened it up and I like walked by, I looked back and he was like opening about to take a sip and I just like blew him a kiss. And the smile that came over his face was, was more precious than gold. And I was like, that's what we're doing here. Nothing you're, else. That's what you said, dude. You're all about chesed. Yeah, that's that's what we're doing here. And if you if you are see so many people they they're so square minded and so on the train track of finances and that that's the goal and that's the means and that's the end and there's nothing else to life other than materialism. Or that money. Money materialism is the same thing. Money buys you material. Yeah. So they 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 don't hop that there's so much more and it's it's not about 
what you have, it's about what you can give. And what you can give is so much more than what you have. Yeah, what you can give over, if you can give someone a hug, and how many times do we, somebody wants to collect and we avoid them, whether we have money or not, give the guy a smile. If he asks you for money, say, I'm sorry, I don't have today. But just that recognition that he's another human being and he needs to be seen, and when he's seen, he's felt seen, and then he can see himself as a better person that day, so it's not about what you have, it's about what you can give. And what you can give is more than what you have. And that's a very, very deep vart. We have so much more to give than what we think we have. So if a guy is not quote-unquote rich on the books, and he's giving stuck above, even above his ability, he essentially has more than the, than the rich guy who doesn't give anything. A hundred percent. But guess what? Giving sadaqah doesn't only mean a coin. Giving tzedakah is every bit that you can give over, whether it's, whether it's love, whether it's a conversation, whether it's... So you can do stuck on Shabbos. Yeah. Tzedakah is not limited to dollar bills, but a lot of people see that as... Do- so what's the vart? You have a guy who's a shark in business, right? And he's like pissed off with his life. And he's like, what do you mean? I give so much tzedakah. It's like, bro, you only see tzedakah as dollar bills. There's so much more tzedakah that you can give. Because your whole life is all about Exactly. Bills. And when you start giving tzedakah through the lens that it's more than dollar bills, that's when you start changing your character. The giving in, the giving in only dollar bills is a reflection of who you are. If you're only about the dollar, then you're only going to give a dollar. But if you're so much more than that and you see yourself as so much more, then your tzedakah will here's manifest. The thing. Here, here, I got what you're saying. Got it. Here's the thing. How about a guy with a lot of money... But he also has a big heart. And instead of giving out dollar bills, he just gives hugs and smiles. Sometimes push comes to shove. Take out your checkbook and write a check. No, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not excluding. They both play a role. The guy who's giving Sadak as a dollar bill, amazing. Also give other things. The other guy who's giving everything but the dollar bill, great. But also try and give some money even if you don't have a lot. I'm not excluding anything. What I'm saying is, is that there's a spectrum. There's more to the dollar. Charity is not a dollar bill. It's caring for other people in a loving way. It's not about one dollar. If you give hundreds, that's something else. <laughs> You're being such a nunnick. No, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. The, who's the author of this? The Lessons in Tanya? So I, I mentioned Not the it. author. Who's the translator? So I mentioned it. I, I, I think I spoke about it a couple of verses ago. Right. Rabbi Weinberg would say the Tanya on the radio. Right. In Yiddish. And before he gave his classes, he would give it to the Rebbe to look over. So the Rebbe edited it. Afterwards, they printed it in a safe called Shiur and Besefer Tanya. And Rabbi Weinberg's son, I think Sean Bear Weinberg, which is in Arkansas, in Kansas. Okay. I think he's in Kansas City. It says edited by Yuri Kaplan. Oh, maybe some volume. Translated by Rabbi Levi Weinberg oh. and edited by Yuri Kaplan. 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 Maybe that's how you say it. So maybe he just looked over, but translation. Johannesburg, you were right. South Africa. Oh, so Levi Weinberg, I'm sorry. No worries. Okay, one of Rabbi Weinberg's sons. Anyway, he, yeah. he wrote a, a, an elegant piece to the introduction of chapter here, and I would like to read it. Yeah. So the original Yiddish was edited, and then they translated I say elegant, even though I haven't read it yet. Because everything I've read from him so far has been elegant. That's why a lot of times you see on the bottom that Rebbe adds a note footnote. Right. Ah, so that's from the that's from the Rebbe editing the Yiddish. Yeah. 
The Rebbe wrote it in Lashon Kedesh. For sure. The footnotes. Right. And then he would say over what the Rebbe said. Yeah. And when they translated, they put those into English. Okay, yeah, go. Say there. So chapter 5. At the conclusion of the previous chapter, chapter 4, the Alter Rebbe depicted the study of Torah as a royal embrace, meaning by learning Torah, it's a hug with Hashem. And then you added the part that Torah's... The, the mitzvah is us hugging Hashem. That's not me. That's not my addition. That's no. The mitzvah is hugging Hashem. Teda is Hashem hugging us. He said, when Hashem gives us love, we can give him back. So, yeah. through Teda, we do mitzvah. Okay, that was just the life part. Of yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. When one studies Torah, his intellect embraces and encompasses the divine will and <clears throat> wisdom. And thus, he embraces the king of kings himself. Since he and his wisdom are one. In turn, the king... God's will and wisdom embraces the mind of the Torah student. So currently, we are in a hugging, loving connection with Hashem. And it feels amazing. 100%. I see the smile on your face. I know you're loving it. 100%. But while it is readily understood that the mind can be described as embracing, the Torah knowledge that is absorbed, the meaning of the Torah is embracing once intellect is unclear. So even though you're in the embrace, but you feel it, you don't understand it. Because our mind is too limited to grasp God's unlimitless, unlimitedness. In chapter Finite f- cannot grasp in, in infinite. Infinity. Infinity. Yeah. infinity. All right. Yeah. In chapter 5, the Alter Rebbe clarifies this point. He, go, he does so by elucidating the term grasp. Used in the statement by Eliyahu, quoted in the previous chapter. It says Eliyahu, not Elijah, prophet? He says Elijah. Oh, you, okay. you changed it to Eliyahu. Yeah. Okay. Fine? I'm editing the edit. <laughs> okay. Um, quoted in the previous chapter, that the thought can grasp God except, except by way of grasping the Torah. So he's saying that through grasping the Torah, you can grasp God. Because, even, because we said earlier that it's not diluted. It's the same. It's just being manifested and transmuted into physical expression of an ox scoring a cow. Because we're physical. Yeah. Primarily, however, this chapter aims to show how Torah study is superior to all other mitzvahs. As we were just discussing that, that Mishnah. Is the author ever going to quote it? He might. Not only is one encompassed by God's will when he studies the Torah, as when he performs any mitzvah, but furthermore, he embraces God by understanding his wisdom as set forth in Torah. So now the author of chapter hey, is coming to bring a chiddush. He's coming to basically say that not only do we get this embrace, we can also actually understand Hashem, which is a major chiddush. Because Hashem, the author is coming to say now that finite could understand infinite. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, Altareva, let's learn because. Let's dive right in. This is a little crazy. All right, Peter K, chapter 5. Yeah. The Sephas beer to add an explanation by Hative. And a good explanation to fully, to properly understand. Lushing mm-hmm. Tfisa, the wording, Tfisa, grasping, grabbing. Sha'amar Elio, which Elijah the prophet says, <laughs> and he quotes, Les Machshava Tfisa Bachul. So, you know, Pasach Elio, which is a minute, 
uh, I don't know about other uh, other kehilas, but in Chabad we say it on Friday before Mincha. Hey, do Pasach Leo. Um, so in Pasach Leo, it's yeah. I don't know, Shmuel, have you ever read it and understood what it meant? I read it once in Hebrew in my life, so English not yet. Okay, but it's it's pretty interesting. Right? No, no, no. I understand the auspicious time of Ben Hashemash Shabbat. No, you have to read it before Mincha. Ah, really? It's before... You say, hey, do but a lot of Lubavitchers end up davening Minchash Ben so that's whatever. You want to talk about what you end up, what no, 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 no. happening, or you want to talk about... You make a good point. Either way, Erev Shabbos, regardless if it's Ben Hashemash or not, it's an auspicious time. Because the minute to say, hey, do then Got it. I would like to start doing that. Um, no, 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 I've never read it inside. Read like the English but if, no, but it's probably beautiful. Yeah, it's a lot of... Uh, it's a lot of fundamentals of Kabbalah. This is Elio the prophet. What it, Elio Navi. I'm saying. So what is it? It's 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 something he said. It's something. Yeah, it's an it's, it's it's a it's it's from the Zayar that Elio Navi said. I think it, I believe it's from the Zayar. Okay. That Elio Navi said this and this this basically goes from the Seder Shtashulos. Okay. It's. I believe I don't know. I'm just this. I'm talking of speculating. Off the, speculating off the bat that. This is probably the first source where this whole thing of Esosphere come in. Interesting. There's a mimer, and then there's... If you want to just... I'm just saying, let's say, you can take any English shit or any, you know, classical English translation yeah. to get the, the translation on it. Yeah. Then there's a mimer in Tera'er called Pasach Leo, explaining the Pasach Leo. Wow. And then the Rebbe Rashab has a country called Haggaz Libdeva Masa Pasach Leo. Which is what a fifty page or something. I really want to start learning Pirishamilis through 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 uh, Hasidic philosophy. So the the Rebbe Shab has like a fifty page booklet, which is Hagois on the Al Terebis Maimer and Terer. Whoa! So yeah, it's very deep stuff. Anyway, so one, the wording that Elion uses, if you notice in Paragdalov, we use the word that when you grasp, say, well, grab it up, grab onto it. It would make more sense to say when you understand Seichel, when you're, you should think, what does it mean? Well, understanding would be Das and grasping would be Bina. Whatever, no, gra- grasping. Right. So. Oh, so you're saying that's Chesed. Chachma? No, I don't know if it has to do anything with Chesed. It just doesn't make sense. No, I meant Chachma, which, whatever, they go hand in hand. Okay. The point is that it doesn't make sense to use the word grasping, grabbing onto a Chachma. You can say you understand the Chachma, you comprehend the Chachma. What does it mean you're grabbing the Chachma? Because Chachma is a, is a pintle, it's like a, it's like a, a shooting star. You gotta grab it to do, start breaking it down. Let's see. But Akopanim. The Al-Tareb is coming to explain what does it mean. The first, so where does it come from? Eliyahu says in Pasuk Leo, he uses the word, No human being could grasp you. Right, so Eliyahu is saying over here. Could, could, with the, no machshava, no human machshava can grasp onto you. The quote is, no thought can grasp you, right? Yeah. Now, uh, if you think about it, thoughts are fleeting. They come and go. It's like a river. Chesed, flow, right? It's like a river. It's like a shooting star. No, but he's not only talking about just some thought that when you're not paying attention. Even if you, I'm talking about being in this bainness, right? Even if you're in this bainness mode. Chesed. You will not ch- be able to grasp Hashem unless 
potato, which is that's what we're discussing in which, Dollar and Hate. Right. So that's what. But what, what we're breaking down. What I'm, there's something I want to get to, which is why I think grasp is a good word. And the author is really just asking a question so he can give a better answer. It's just yeah. the questions only so you. Can, he's not really asking the question. He said, "I'm coming out. Explain the word." A further explanation to fully elucidate the expression. Okay, yeah. Okay, you know, finish your sentence. No, but what I'm saying is, yeah, yeah I don't mean that he, an explanation, a question. What I'm saying is, when when a Leo says no thought can grasp you, yeah. thought is something fleeting. It comes and goes. So if you don't grab onto it, it runs away. Grasping is the Indian of grabbing onto. Now, a thought is, at the end of the day, no matter how smart you are, no matter what thought you can grasp... It's limited versus Hashem is infinite, I- infinity, which is why a thought, which is something limited in the structure that it is, can't grasp something. Meaning thoughts can only grasp something that is limited, understood, um, oh, so defined, in other articulated. Words, you're, you're saying that the word grabbing onto Chachma, onto Machshava, doesn't really even bother you because it's a flow. You have... A- yeah. Because it's a flow, so you have to grab it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's constantly moving. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. It's the best word for it. Okay. The Al-Tareb is going to give an explanation. No, I'm not. Um, yeah, we're just trying to understand more. So he says over here, as explained in chapter 4, we cannot ordinarily grasp God with our intellect, but only through terror study. Realizing our inability to comprehend godliness will thus explain how we do grasp him through terror. And that does make sense, because terror is... Infinity, infinity, it's Hashem's knowledge, it's unlimited. And by tapping into God, you tap into infinity. Once you're infinity, once you are infinity, now you can understand Hashem because you're one and the same. But if you're not learning Torah, you're not infinity, you're finite, and then your thought can't grasp Him. I think that might be the code of the whole parakeet. Oh, right. No, it's fine. No, I know. I'm the wording I'm, of the Baal I have an Indian of jumping the gun, as we've discussed. Yeah. The wording of the Baal Now in English. Essence does not be split. So if you're grasping even... If you're grabbing even one iota of the etzim, you're grabbing rid of the entire thing. 100%, which is why you can learn about the Ashar, an ox, goring, goring a cow... And all of a sudden, you're understanding godliness, which is infinity. But I, this is limited. No, it's one aspect of infinity. Wow. Okay, so hine behold, kol seichel. Every um, help me, help me with this. When any intellect perceives and understands some intellectual subject. The mind grasps that subject and encompasses it. So in a kosech, then now in the words of the Rebbe, kosech, kishem maskil, umasik, besikle, ezemusko, every seichel, when he uses his seichel to think and to grab with his seichel, you see, it's like three words, seichel, maskil, and besikle. Maskil's the person who's using his seichel to no, understand the person, Moscow, when he's thinking, right, with his seichel, is a muscle, a a thought, and he, an intellectual concept, a thought, yeah, Hade, an intellectual subject. So this seichel, this intellectual subject, take face as a muscle. 
it grabs the person that's thinking. So you were saying before that you're grabbing the Chachma. No, the Rebbe says, first of all, the Chachma grabs you. The, the Seichel grabs you. The mind grasps that subject. Subject referring to the person or to the idea. No, oh yeah, you grasp, yeah, sorry, yeah, first of all, you're right. The Seichel, the mind grabs it, and then the idea encompasses the mind. Then the actual thought, the Teta thought, or any, whatever, let's just, now he's fooling you. Thought in general. The thought, Nitvas Umukov, it is grabbed. Surrounded umalubish and enclosed b'seicha seichel in the in your seichel. Yeah, in the English he writes, and the subject is grasped and encompassed by, and is clothed within the intellect that understands and perceives it. There's so many times the word seichel here. Like, yeah. So in English he has some explanation. Yeah. He says the subject, subject at hand, whatever you're studying, which is now within the human intellect is surrounded and encompassed by the intellect. Much as material object is surrounded by the hand that grasps it. So when I grab a hammer, I grab onto it. And the hammer doesn't surround you. I surround You're surrounding the hammer. the hammer. Right. So once I grab onto it, now I'm surrounding the hammer. So once I grab onto an intellectual idea, now I'm surrounding this idea, and then it gets embedded in my, in, in my intellect. It becomes a part of my understanding. So, but the subject can be said to be within the mind only. Once the mind has fully understood it, as indicated also by the Alter Rebbe, you, um, the Alter Rebbe's use of the past tense, the intellect that understood and perceived it. So he's using a past tense, meaning once it's understood, then it's enclosed. So first of all, let's say you're thinking First of all, you are your seichel surrounding the whole Indian. And then second of all, surrounding your whole seichel. Yeah. By grasping it, you surround it. When you surround it, now it, and you understand, now it surrounds you. It becomes... There's a two-way street here. Yeah. Similar to the hug and hug. Appa, Once Hashem hugs me, then I hug Hashem back. That's why paracade mounts like a, yeah, it flows straight to paracade. That's why there's even a vav. Vilitesh was to add. Hey, vav is part of avaya. Yeah, I'm saying over here, vav amesif. It's all connected. The vav is always adding, and. Yeah. All right. But I'm saying, chapter hey, hey is where there's, it's, it's, uh, it's in the keva. There's that little pintle where you can absorb the energy. And the vav is to expand on the energy. All right. Wait, wait, I'm not done oh, the oh, English, oh. sorry. Go, 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 yeah, sure. Uh, but mastering the subject, however, while the mind is engaged in analyzing its details, the subject is still above the mind, and the relationship between them is the reverse. The mind is within the subject and is encompassed by it. So that's the flip, meaning once you're getting, what he's alluding to is been already. Once you under, once you hop it, 
Now, when it comes to Bina to understand, to break down, so first to analyze, when you're grasping it, it's you grab grasp. on. It's a fleeting. It's a plane flying by. You grab onto it. Now you're holding onto the plane. That's Chachma. That's Chachma. When it grabs you, that's Bina. Exactly. Once you once it starts expanding and starts, you start understanding the details. Now you're encompassed in it. Your whole head is full of cavern and oxygen. A hundred percent. So now in the author of his words. And also the seichel. The thought is enclosed in Moscow. In the thought. What's the difference between seichel and Moscow? Seichel and... Moscow, what is... The gamma seichel, that's what we're all... Yeah. Oh, Moscow. The intellect is clothed within the subject. At the time of intellectual... I could just read the English and then we could break it down. Yeah. It says, also the intellectual... The intellect is clothed within the subject at the time of intellectual comprehension and grasping. This is probably like a deeper... Like a third level of... Bishas Maise. There's... You can learn Teda. This is what I'm... There's a, there's a note from the Rebbe Shlita. Oh, okay. But let me finish. Yeah. Let's say you can learn Teda and you have it in, in, in the files. And then next time someone asks you a Shiloh three years later, by the way, what's the din of a Sherish Nagasapada or a Machlapada of a Khmer? Oh, yeah, I learned it in seventh grade that the Shumchot says it's Chayim. And Rava argues and he says it's Pater, whatever the case is. That is probably either the first or second. Then there's a third over here, what I'm saying, the Gama Sefer, Malubish, Mamoskol. Bishash, there's a certain thing that happened. Bishash, you learned that three years ago. Bishash, you learned it today. All right, what's the Rebbe Shlita's note? It's very similar to the first level where, like, you're grabbing onto it, meaning once it's embedded in you, once you have that second part where it was broken down and it's encompassing you, now you can just always resurface it. And when it's there, you're in it. That's how you're able to remember what you learned in seventh grade and just give it back over. No, the first one is the seichel is grabbing the Moscow. But here, the seichel, the third one over here is the seichel is enclosed in the Moscow. Yeah. Not that you're grabbing it, he is coming enclosed in it. Yeah. His hand, is, it fits like a glove. So, just some English explanation. Well, no, what's the Rebbe's the, note? Oh, oh, English, it's on the English. Actually, no, no, no. The Rebbe's notes before the English. Okay, so... The ones right after the, the, the translation. The Rebbe Shlita notes, the process of understanding an idea, an idea is as follows. At first, one grasps the idea or concept in a general way, right? So you're chopping the vart. Chachma. Yeah, ah, I just chopped that vart. That's chachma. Yeah. And at that time, his intellect encompasses the subject. So his mind, his understanding, encompasses this idea. I hopped he's it. He's grabbing. Yeah, I hopped it. Ha- I hopped it. Okay. Yeah. Afterwards, one begins to dissect the general idea through analysis and argument, at which the time the subject encompasses his intellect. That's the level of bina. So now the shirshanakos part is taking over my seichel. Yeah, Before meaning my seichel took over. Meaning shirsh. the details of this Indian is starting to break down in my mind. So it's that concept encompassing my mind. At which time the subject encompasses his intellect. When he finishes dissecting and analyzing, 
once he has mastered the concept thoroughly in the Alter Rebbe's words, the intellect understands and perceived it. Understood and perceived it. That's why the Alter Rebbe says it in past tense. His intellect, once again, encompasses the subject. So it goes from grasping the, the idea to the idea encompassing me to me encompassing the idea. And you go back to grab it again. It's not a grab, it's encompassing. It's where it becomes makif, surrounding. First, I grab onto it. Then it encompasses me, and then I encompass it. it. What's the difference between grab and encompass? So when it's a grab, it's a fleeting idea. It's I hop the Indian. Once you get down to Bino, where Someone it's... Someone throws you a ball, you grab it. Yeah. You catch it. You catched it. You, ca you caught it, yeah. Grab it. We should use catch better than grab. Sure, yeah. I hopped an Indian. I was saying that in Yiddish. You yeah. caught the idea. Bina comes in, and now that's where the idea is makif on you. It surrounds your mind. That's how the details get broken down through dissecting and analyzing the concept. Once Bina gets done, you fall into Das, where you don't just hop it. You encompass it. So now this chachma. So what's compass over a chap? Just like, go back to Bina. Just what does the word in English mean? Surrounds. Oh, okay. Right? So now I surround it. Because my intellect broke down the idea enough for me to understand it. Like this, now I, in my intellect, encompass this subject. I know it so well that I surround it. So after that, it's like, if, if you don't. Dive deep and it looks like the Alter Rebbe is just repeating himself like, yeah, you surround it, surround it. Most Hasidus looks that way unless you break it down deeply. So if you break it down, it's Chachma Bina Das. Correct. Wow. The Alter Rebbe is giving you the backbone of how Chachma Bina Das is manifested in real time through understanding a concept. You grab the idea, yeah. the idea encompasses you, and through that breakdown, you, you get to encompass it. But that's only... Yeah, the only the intellect only works when it's working. If you're not thinking, you're in La La Land. Thus, in the act of understanding an idea, the mind both encompasses the concept and is encompassed by it. And thus, it is the significance of the term grasping used above. And this is the significance of the term grasping used above. So grasping is really just the catalyst. Once you hop onto it, now it encompasses you. You break it down. You understand the Indian of the Shar, the, 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 the. Part of the yep. And then now you come to a level of I surround it. I have this awareness of this concept. That Beautiful stuff. Yeah. Deep, deep things. And these, these Stomp Potts and professors, they go to college and they think they understand things. <laughs> yeah. All we have to do is open up uh, Lessons in Tanya. Yeah. It's so simple. <laughs> Whatever, I guess college is for the game or the Yidden that need degrees. The Rebbe is against going to college, per se. That blanket statement is not true. There's a lot of nuance to it. <laughs> You can't say that the Rebbe went to college. How can you say that the Rebbe was against college? The, the Rebbe was very bad college on certain conditions. Stomp the gold. The Rebbe wasn't for it. But if you were married, you were pursuing a career, the Rebbe absolutely encouraged going to college for a lot of people. 
I don't think that's true. That was quite cut and clear. I don't think there was ever a time that they ever let. The only time I, I mean, I've I, read tons of stories about professors that the Rebbe said to Bedafka continue in college because that's your shlich son The only time I ever heard was that if the guy was already in college and he was already finishing his degree, let's say it's, it takes eight years to finish to become a doctor, and after yeah. seven years you start to become a Bolshevik, okay, finish your last year. But pers- pers- in Robert Shulman's book, okay, you could be correct that the Rebbe never said to go to college, but if you were there, finish. In addition, in Rabbi Selman's book, and even that that was that was very seldom. In Rabbi Selman's book, he quotes a few people where the Rebbe said your shluchas is bedafka in college because you're from Yid and you're a Were they there already? Yeah, I'm saying okay. that. I, stand, I stood corrected. <laughs> I said that it's possible that the Rebbe never said to go, but if they and were people there, people who asked to go, that it was very quite cut and clear not to go, and siches and answers. Yeah, no, it's, of course, it's a dangerous place. And you have to be the right type of person to be able to handle that nisayin. We say every day in brachas, don't give me a nisayin that I don't need. Maybe that's why I never went to college yet. You see, because you're the Rebbe's a chassid. Yeah. No, the Rebbe's saying, even, even in the Israeli colleges, I saw a minor from the Rebbe not to go. And even if the separation from men and women not to go, because Pashat, it's a whole, it's the seichel of Gaiishkeit that's taking over. And the whole attitude over there is that Gaiishkeit is right, science is right, not Teda. And we have to look up to science and we have to come as much as we could. But now that we have, uh, now that we have scientific thoughts in the Messianic era, Efshitaka, the role, if, we, if we're in Mashiach Saitan, we have to go to the college and tell them how retarded they are. So we have Chabad on campus. Ah, beautiful. But I heard actually from from Rabbi Gabriel Levin, which is both of our teachers in Postal, that he heard from his grandfather, Rabbi Groner, that there were two things that the Rebbe never budged on. There were a lot of things that Rebbe was against, but with the time, the Rebbe gave exceptions. For instance, let's say the Rebbe in general is against going to weddings, traveling, spending money to travel to Simchas. That's why my father didn't go to Mendel's wedding. Yeah. But well, I, no, I'm kidding. Only... It was also because he was on Shlichus. He was in Morocco. Yeah, yeah, but the Rebbe was... But there were times that the Rebbe budged on it. Right. There were two things that the Rebbe never budged on was college, to go to college, and wearing contact lenses. Not That's what third. I heard from Rabbi Levin. I have a third. What? Not to give back any land. Oh, okay. The Rebbe was adamant about that. Next, there were times so... that the Rebbe was yelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. But that was a general thing. These are the difference is you're right, but the difference is that giving a, a land from Israel is, is a general sense. <clears throat> this is people proteus asking whatever should I could I or should I go to college? Could I or should I wear contact lenses? And it was something that was something that I've never budged. Really, contact lenses? I wonder where that's from. Is there any like, like what would be the reason? The Rebbe held Not it that was, you need a reason if the Rebbe told you something. The Rebbe, the Rebbe felt there was a sakana. That's so interesting because, like, today everybody wears contacts and, like. Not, not the Indian that we're going against the Rebbe. I'm saying the Indian that, like, society wears them and nobody has harm. Like, yeah, if you don't take care of your eyes, then they could get infected, but that's like anything else in the world. I know this is something that the Rebbe is very amateur. What's the word? Adamant. Adamant. About contact lenses. 
Listen, Baruch Hashem, yeah. wow, that's so funny. The prescription that I have, I can't get contact lenses, so it's like... It's the type of glasses you need. Yeah, yeah, it. like it's, um, in addition to the regular prescription, there's also, there's a tint involved, and there's also an anti-glare involved, and you can't put those in contacts. And uh, it just shows how much of a chassid I am, that I don't even have the option. What, the sunglasses, the fact that your glasses turn into sunglasses... I, no, no, no. That's an addition. My my that, lens. You need that, or that's just the thing that you added. That on? helps. My lenses have a ten percent tint in them, even without the sun, because I I I'm, I'm sensitive to the brightness. Oh, so you need it. I'm saying. Yeah. I know, some people. I I see some people have it, their glasses that it turns into sunglasses. In no, the... I I can't go outside without sunglasses. My eyes will hurt. Like I'm too sensitive to the brightness. Oh, so it's like. You know, I was always wondering if that's just like a cool feature or that's something that... It is some, cool. It happens to me that I need it too. Some people need... Okay. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not... Wow. Tangent to a tangent. So that's... Tangerine. Yeah. Tambourine. <laughs> Mashiach. Oh, this is the rhymes that were uh, making a song for... I should write... I should talk write a song about the welcoming of Mashiach. It was tambourine. Tangerine. Tanja. Tangerine. <laughs> All right. Whatever. And yesterday we thought of the words of solo, solo. Solo. It's a great pun, yeah. I've yeah. always thought of it as a pun. All right. <laughs> oh, no. So, Derek Marshall, for yeah. instance, for example, oh, the maven. When a man understands your masik is a halach of a mishnah, a certain halach in the mishnah or in the gemara, ishra, to its... Clarity, clearly and thoroughly. Clearly and thoroughly to its richness. It comes from the word ashir. You, you understand its full richness. Of yeah. It. Through strenuous application of La Isra Burya, yeah. That, yeah. your or his, whatever, this person that un- truly, thoroughly understands the halacha. His seichel is grasping and, what was the other word? Encompassing? Encompassing, yeah. Tefes, umakif, esa. Think of the word compass. A compass shows you your surroundings, where you are. Oh. It's, is it from the same word, or you just made that up? Yeah, encompass. Encompassing. Compass. A compass that shows you Mizrach Maidiv. And if I And if it's not it, it was a great... A thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what see? is real? You think of something and it's... Right. Talking about another pen, what another pun? What is real? Israel. Oh, okay. Well, your mom is gonna come up with good songs after this track. Oh yeah. After I have an album written, I'm gonna go to someone who's gonna teach me guitar, and then once I know guitar, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it to music. It's gonna be Megan Dick. Sheikh should be there before them. Hundred percent. Anyways, I basically take the mark of Asa. So you're the the person seichel is grasping and encompassing this halacha. The gam seichlei, not only you're grasping it, but the seichel is melubish, is enclosed in it at that moment. So there's encompassing and there's enclosing. Yeah, because the seichel, which is part of machshava debermaisa, is a form of. In clothing to begin with, meaning that is its nature. We're using the clothing to express the mid, the midis, the spheres. No, maybe it's meaning tevis umakif 
grasping encompassing means you are surrounding the seichel. Lubish is that the seichel surrounds you like a glove surrounds the hand. Yeah. It's the back and forth that we were saying earlier. It's just using the word clothed because a clothing, you're clothed in it. It's a form of surrounding. So the, the chachma surrounding you, just like the glove surrounds the hand. Yeah. But that's only Ba'is Hashah at, yeah. at the moment. The spirit of the moment. Yeah, the mind is one of those things that is only activated on 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 focus on meaning if you're not in it it's not there behold this halachic verdict halachic verdict this is we turn to page Tesla base. This is the wisdom and will of the Abishter, of the of a Kaddish Baruch. Wow, in English he says it so nicely. Yeah. He says, Now this halacha is the wisdom and will of God. The rational underlying the halacha is God's wisdom, and the ruling itself is God's will. So the understanding of the halacha is Hashem's wisdom. The verdict, the halacha, is Hashem's will. Wow. As mentioned in chapter 4. So there's halacha b'tameh. Yeah. Halacha p'sukis. And, and then there's halachas which don't have an explanation. That's just Hashem's will. It's on a much higher level. Certain level of bit. Yeah. By the way, when I was putting on Tefillin Shayad today, I thought of Nasev and Ishma, but that sent me somewhere. Wow. And you heard that from Rabbi Soman, right? No, he was quoting. He was quoting. He read it out of Soman's book. Yeah, but it was a letter of the Rebbe that he printed. It wasn't uh-huh. him. The Rebbe was writing it. Okay. So I heard it from the Rebbe Melech Hamashiach, Shlita. Hundred percent. I read it. Isn't it interesting? I said I heard it, but I really read it. So which means that I saw it, but I understood it. So I, 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 I read you, it. You saw it, Ria Shmia. You saw it with your eyes, but then you. I saw you it grasped so well it. That I oh, heard this it. is yeah. a beautiful example we're talking about. Yeah. First, you grabbed it, then it grasped you, then you enclosed it. Yeah. So I, I, I saw it because I read it, but I identified with hearing it because I understood it. Wow. So give it like that's put it into these three levels that we're saying. Seeing something, they say you know uh, don't don't believe what you see, right? Seeing, I feel like, is the Chachma. It's the, it's the shooting star, and you grab onto it. But you just saw it. So it's real, but you didn't break it down. When you break it down in the bean and you analyze it... Like the saying goes, you saw such and such, and you're convinced, but like, wait, wait, you didn't see the bigger picture. Right. And then you hear some other details, like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Oh. And what's the Vart? In your mind, your mind is in a dialogue of, of speech. Right? You talk to yourself, or it talks to you. So when you break it down in the level of Bina, now I heard it. I broke down to these, I heard it. So, Chachman Bina is Re'i and Shmiya, which I, it always yeah. says that Re'i is higher than Shmiya. Chachman is higher than Bina. Okay, yeah. yeah. Perfectly Beautiful. Wow. Yeah, now we're just not saying st- st- saying statements. We're actually... We're, we're understanding. Yeah. It's being grasped by us, but we're grasping, encompassing it. And Das, which is application, is the... Mix of reinshmir of understanding and and um, intellect and understanding. 
Wow. Wait, so so break it down. So you you're reading this book is a letter from the Rebbe not from Nishmas to Yad Shoros. So where do we see the first level, second? And so third? I read it, which means I saw it. So you grabbed it. You I gra- grabbed it. Then I discussed it with you. You heard it. I heard it. I broke it down into Bina. So it grabbed and then you. T- it grabbed, it grabbed you. me. Then today I took the Riyah, I took the Shmia, and I applied it to Bishas another. Maise, Bishas Maisa. I applied it to Avoida. Application. Das. And that's what it says. Bishas Maisa. Yeah. Wow. All right. So when. So this is. So this halacha is Hashem's actual chachman rotzin. that God's will is shekshiyitin ruven kach vekach. Ruven's gonna come and say A, B, and C. That of Moshe, for instance, Shim in kach vekach, and Shimon comes and answers the F. Yehapsak v'nei kach vekach. The verdict should be such and such. Hashem's will is that this verdict should be such and such. Meaning, depending on this scenario... Now when A when A plays out, and B response... The response is B, the, the result should be C. Yeah. And that whole thing is Hashem's will. And His Chachman. Yeah. The whole breakdown is His Chachman and, and, and uh, Ratzin. Here's a power from the quote. Can we pause for a second? Yeah. When we go back and a guy's learning in Gemara about random things, and it could be about a, a, a shar, and the kid asks the teacher, but I live in 2020 something, like who cares? It's because you're understanding Hashem's ruts, will and rudds. Your mom has jumped the gun. No, <laughs> I didn't do that again, did I? <laughs> Look at, oh, yeah, yeah. Look at the words that I'll You mom didn't read ahead? I did not read ahead, Mendel. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do with me? The ah, in the hoya. Never happened. But, like, yeah, it, it will never happen. Hadabar said this specifically. Elam, never. Lovey, the Mishpat, Altainus, Tzvius, Elu, that such a case will ever happen to Mishpat. The mother gives us an example that the... Oh my God, that just broke my brain. Ben Seder or Mater. Yeah. Irani Dafas. Yeah. English. I know what they are, but translate. There's a, there's a whole um, set of mitzvahs called Ben Seder or Mater that when a child at age 13, he has a... It's a, a rebellious child, a right? A rebellious child that gets killed, whatever, with all the details that are yadi, the Gemara says it never happened. Never actually came to right. tell Mama should a uh, thirteen year old kid should be. No, but then it's discussed. Yeah, Irani Dachas is if an entire city decides to rebel against Hashem and do a bedazara, you destroy the whole city. Right. See, the, so a, these are intellectual concepts in Torah that won't actually or never did manifest. Yeah, or Mitzeda today's in the. Right. I think the Gemara says straight up that Mitzeda officially stopped. Baruch Hashem. Nevertheless, it's still part of Teda. Yeah. So, this, nevertheless, since this is the will and thought of Hashem, that if this happens, this should be the verdict. When a man understands 
and learns and thinks about this psak, the way it's written in Halacha or in the Mishnah or in the Gemara or in the Paskim. Mm-hmm. You're, grasp, you're grasping, grabbing, and encompassing. Comprehending and grasping. With his thought, the will and the thoughts of of Hashem, God mm-hmm. Almighty Himself. The last Machshavat Tfisabe, like Eliyahu and Ravi says, that usually no thought can ever grasp Hashem, but nevertheless, when it comes to Teda, we could. Yeah. Let's see if this is, uh, there's some English here. Yeah, go ahead. But it was from a bit before. Thus, we're the purpose of terror study only to learn how to practice its laws, in this case, how to resolve this dispute, then the study of such a law would indeed serve no purpose. In fact, however, there is a great value in studying even such a law, for thereby one knows God's will and wisdom and attaches himself to it, as the Alta Rebbe continues to explain. So it's not, we've always said, right, the, the Torah is not just about, hey, how do I practice? It's more than just practicing. It's also connecting to the infinite will and wisdom of God. And how do we know this? Because the, the Torah clearly has cases that never happened, never will happen, never then. We learn it. And by learning it, we getting, we getting encompassed and engulfed in God's will and wisdom. Like I, that's what I was saying yesterday when we were finishing Perik Dalit, that It's not only a, a rule book of how... Of, of how to live your life. Yeah. I mean, it is, but it's not it's not the vault. It's how to live your life, but it's also to understand Hashem's will and wisdom. But that's the golden title to me the say, yes, is gonna tell you how to live your life, but there's a certain aspect of just understanding Tara, and even if it's part it's never gonna come in action, like Irnitachas, Mencero Meda. Yeah, because Tara is the only way that you could tap into that infinite will and wisdom. Usually we say less machshavat fisabei, and you cannot grasp the labor tzenu chachmasei. Yeah, the you exception can, to the rule is terrible. You cannot grasp God's will and wisdom. Except when they, God's will and wisdom, clothe themselves in the halacha set before us. <laughs> 